Hello friends, welcome to Finally Out with Friends. My name is Ryan, my pronouns are he, him. And this is B, she, her, and together we hope to create a welcoming and safe space for anyone who needs to take a breath and finally be out with friends. Trigger warning. This episode deals with religion and cults. If these are topics you do not feel comfortable listening to or will upset you, take care of yourself and we will catch you in the next one. Today we are part three of Casey's time in the cult. God's got something so profound to teach me at this retreat that uh, the devil is just pulling out every tool in his tool basket, tool box to try to keep me from it. You know, I'm like, oh. You know, maybe they were doing that because they could already sense like you had a different type of independence or that maybe you were going to start straying away. Maybe. I mean, even the fact that I said I wasn't going to be there, it was like, yeah. How, how can you just Getting say that? You're not even asking. How can you yeah. just come to how me? How dare you not ask for permission, you monster? So what happened when you got back? Like, did they like talk to you after you didn't go or did they just let it go? I don't think so. I think we just moved on from it. And maybe because the retreat was already over at that point and nothing that profound had happened, you know? Um, the Holy oh, Spirit so didn't show up, you know. Um, turns out they were wrong then. <laughs> but we just, yeah, we just moved on. So, um, you know, I fell back in line and did the rest of the stuff I was supposed to do, and, and let myself forget that like this this dude had said all these really weird things in my email inbox. I was like, yeah, that That's was crazy. that wasn't that strange. <laughs> I mean, I've had crappy bosses before say like, hey, no, you can't go. And it's just like, sorry, dude, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So when you were still going to this church, um, you had come home um, and uh, we had, I think you picked me up and we went to one of the parks in town. And I can't remember... If I told you I needed to talk to you or not, I don't really remember. Um, probably did. But so we're sitting on the swings and you were swinging and I got up because it makes me dizzy and I already felt not great about having to tell you. Um, so I told you that I liked someone, which is actually the person I mentioned earlier that I was trying to convert. But um, I had come out to her that I had feelings for her and she's like, oh, you know, that's fine, but not gay. Um, and then I told you and that was not a great experience for either of us. Um, I remember telling you and I believe you told me about this guy you liked in college and that you cried when he, when he told you he was gay and I was just like, what? Like, I was so upset by that moment. Like, I don't know, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I mean, I, I know I didn't say that, but that's what I was, like, thinking. I was like, what? I was so upset that, I mean, I get you like the guy, but I'm like, so, I mean, I'm sure that's part of it, too. But I was like, you fucking crying because someone's gay? That's what I was thinking. And I was like, at that point, I was just like, I'm I'm done. Like, I, I don't want to be friends anymore. And we like talked a few days after that and I don't exactly remember what you said, but you made it better and still friends. So there's that. I 
I don't remember what happened after that either. But yeah, I, oh, you, you and I had a conversation about this a couple of years ago. Oh, when oh, it was like your, you told that story on a, in a post around your birthday. And I was just like, I read it and I was just like, my gut just dropped out. And I'm like, oh my God. God, this version of me who is still within me, you know, I mean, like I've evolved and I've moved on, but I was her, that, that close minded version of me was me and I hurt you. And it was such a, such a hard thing to, to reconcile, you know, because like, that's the, the reality as we evolve as people and we get more progressive and more open-minded, we don't want to pretend that there was never that version of us, but there was. And I, I did cry when my friend came out to me and I did have to apologize to him. Uh, about 10 years ago, I think I was like, dude, oh my God, what? I can't even explain her, you know, that version of me. I'm sorry. Um, and I appreciate you so much. And you said, like, you were like, can you do something for me? Can you try to forgive yourself? And I was like, uh, you could hold that against me for the rest of your life. You know, you could, and people do and not just for the, for any, any wrong that someone does to them. We carried around for a long time if we don't let go of it. And I was so blown away by the, that grace that you extended me. That's like Jesus level grace, by the way, just so you know, <laughs> along with the theme of this conversation. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've revisited that. It's like, just that theme with teenagers in my life now who are very uh, Christian and very like, well, I have a friend who's gay, but I don't believe in it. And I'm like, I just need you to just don't, don't say something that you're going to regret. Don't say something that's going to break someone's heart or give them any reason to think that they don't belong, that they shouldn't exist because it's, life is hard enough. I feel like just because you don't believe in it, just because you don't agree with it does not mean you can't still be friends with somebody. I mean, that's something that Ryan and I talk about all the time. Like, I don't have to agree with you, bud, but we're yeah. still good. Yeah. You know, I think it goes again with the, like, it's, it's the, the religious aspect of it where like, for some reason that sin is so much, it's, it's like, it's seen as worse than, than anything else. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost as if Jesus must have said something, but he didn't. He never spoke about people being gay. Shocking, I know. But like people tend to pick up that that particular thing. The idea that a person is gay is like, now it's all the more important for me to save your soul. So it's so hard to just be like, I'm going to accept you. You know, and then they say, they're like, oh, I love the sin, hate the sinner. Um, do I said that the wrong way. That was funny. I just, <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. They say that's exactly how they say it. But yeah. that, like, you can't say that to someone and then expect that they're going to want to be around you because you, 
you've just said like, oh, I love you. I just hate the, like, this way that you live your life. That's like a significant identity to you. You know, it's like, that's not gonna be a problem, right? So I think it's like, it comes when we, in an ideal world, we can believe anything we want to believe. I can be believe something different from you. You can believe something different from me. We can find common ground. We can talk about things with nuance. But when, when we're like, when someone approaches that and they're like, no, but I, I believe that you are, that I need to change you and I, in order to save you, how do we get past that? How do we move forward from that? Because it's so hard. It's like we were talking about before with like, you know, the intentions are good. Like, I want to save you, but it's just like, I just am going to cause you a lot of pain and suffering in the meantime, because I'm going to, it's not different from what I was going through, you know, at the church, the suffering of like, someone's trying to break down your, your psyche and get you to do what they want. Like, uh, yeah. And it's well, like, that's true. not something you can change. So right. it's like, I want to change you, but you can't change. So right, but uh, but uh, it's just like it's it's such a it's such a messy messy thing because then they do still believe that like no, you are choosing this, you know, and you're like yeah yeah, yeah. that's I'm I'm gonna choose things that uh, make life just harder and more painful and people right. are likely right. to to me. Sure, yeah, great choices. Yeah, I want people to hate me just for existing. Like, I woke up one day and I'm like, yes, check that off. Everyone <laughs> hating me. Exactly. I chose violence today, every day. But yeah, I, yeah, we, when I came out to you, we had this conversation about it. And honestly like after i came out as gay i was like i don't want to tell anyone else like this went terribly and um i ended up telling a, a teacher in high school and i can't i think it was after you i can't for sure remember but i i'm pretty sure you were the second person i told god i'm so sorry i was the second person i wish i had been like way down on the list <laughs> you were like one of the best friends at the time so i was that's why you were the second person um but yeah i was like i don't want to tell anymore what Casey, stop beating yourself up man it's just it's it's good to remember it it is like i don't i don't mean it to like be like oh i'm gonna beat myself up and make it about me it's just yeah. like uh it's so important to me to remember that so I don't get uh, hung up on the ego like with other people in my life of thinking that I'm so much more evolved than them because I'm like haven't always been probably right now have views that I'm going to evolve from in the future so um, you know I can hold yeah, I know like after that like you're a big supporter and you were there for me and it was cool, but yeah, at the time, not great, um, but I forgave you, and then when we had the talk, I'm like, you gotta forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. like, I forgave you a long time ago, and honestly, I okay. so, I feel like when I was, when I came out as trans, it made me more cautious, and I felt like that was a good thing, especially in America now. Not great oh, no for doubt. trans people. I mean, obviously, it's worse for 
trans women of color, but it's not great in America for trans people. So I felt like that was actually helpful. Um, but yeah, it was not a great experience for either of us. But and I was like, I was, there was only one person I wasn't nervous about telling that I was trans, which is my cousin who literally came out to me right before. So other than that, I was like kind of nervous about telling people and you were, you were not the uh, second person that time. <laughs> you were much lower on the list that time. That's good. But we didn't talk, we don't talk as much as we used to. So. I just, I, mean, I live in a hidey hole and I talk to very few people anymore. I just, uh, I'm in my recluse era of life, I guess. Same, same. Yeah. I feel like COVID made it worse. Like, I, I bet it did for a lot of people, honestly. Yeah, that's like- It wasn't until recently I actually started like going out again. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't like going out. I mean, I still don't go out that much, but. <laughs> like even going to Kroger's, I'm like, is this something that I can like do an online order with? <laughs> we just we just discovered that we can do online ordering here too uh, yesterday because we were both kind of sick. It's like, oh, this is a game changer. Do we have to like, can we never go to the grocery store? <laughs> it is. It is. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Not going to the grocery store. So, what do you believe like now? Like, mm. um, the world is so open now. I will say, uh, like, I had a okay. Well, I want to say I think the turning a turning point for me was when I first moved abroad and started meeting people who um, nobody was like trying to to um intentionally not be christians or something you know they just everyone was trying to do the best they could and they all believe different things and it was the first time in my adult life that i was like comfortable with doubt and i think that that is something that i hold really i hope it's really important to me to be comfortable with not knowing the answers and um i think i believe in a lot of things I think it changes, but I think one big core part of it is that I'm like the universe, existence, whatever. Like, I I no longer want to claim that I can explain it. So, I don't. I think my human mind is limited. Um, my senses are limited of what they can perceive, and so um, there are some things I understand, but there's a lot of questions, and I'm okay with that. And um, I don't know. I just, I feel like as life goes on, I, there are more and more spiritual truths to uncover, experiences to have, just like, I don't, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of like psychedelics. I'm a fan of um, embracing what I'm afraid of and trying to, I don't know, just find peace in whatever the circumstances. So uh, it's a long way of saying like, yeah, I don't have a church that I uh, go to or anything like that, but um, I feel in those last few years, especially more at peace about life and existence and afterlife and what have you. Uh, 
because the questions just like learn to love the questions man you know because um or maybe it's not even so much the questions themselves i'm not a philosopher i don't want to i don't want to debate the questions but like the love the the lack of certainty the lack of answers i've been calling myself just spiritual but i'm working on my higher self oh yeah i like that yeah there's so much there's so much like uh, there's so much to to learn just by going within you know and um stripping off layers of yourself i think that's where my focus is right now like a lot of hypnosis a lot of uh deep dive journaling and stuff and just like okay so what what is there that i think is true about me that's actually just cultural and societal programming and baggage isn't it insane like how when you truly look at yourself how much you're not even sure if it's really yourself or not it's crazy it's totally it's totally crazy it's just like uh, and then figure out how to uninstall those things because you're like yeah, this is right? actually not not helping <laughs> this is actually making things worse so right? uh, yeah let's get rid of it let's replace it with something better i've learned since becoming a parent especially i have no idea who the hell i am where i'm going or what i even want yeah i've been i mean my kid's seven now and i'm still like <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't know. And my kid's in the age where he's like questioning. Um, my in-laws are religious and they don't push it or nothing like that. To some extent they do. But so now he's like, you know, what would God think? I'm like, broski, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me what you would think. So I don't know. I'm like you. My parents kind of raised me to just we were free to do what we wanted to do and they supported it. And I'm hoping to be able to continue that with my kid at least. Yeah. But this well, and ask, ask your hard. kid cause, cause he might have access to, you know, more wisdom because less programming, you know, less baggage picked up. So like, no, you tell me like, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's, what's existence about bud? Cause and he, he's a clever thing. He's a clever little thing. I personally believe in reincarnation. I do. So I feel like my, and I tell my kid all the time, like, Hey, you chose me. Like you tell me what's up. <laughs> I wasn't there. You picked me to be your mom. <laughs> oh, so, so like my mom. So like my mom. Cause like that, I mean, my childhood was like, I, I remember having a little breakdown being like, what if in my next life, you're not my mom, you know? Um, so you have to be careful when you talk about that with kids like I was, who were just looking for an excuse to cry, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, uh, I think that's a beautiful thing because he gets the opportunity to figure out what, what resonates. My answer to that would be, um, cause I also believe that the people that are in your life, it, whether they come or go, are meant to be in your life in some way, shape or form. So I feel like the kid that I have now may have been a different part of my life in a past life and maybe a different part of my life in a, in a future life. Yeah. You're like a little soul family. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Like even my therapist, I told my therapist, she looked at me like I was crazy and I was like, Hey, I'm a therapy for a reason, but <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that makes sense. And I was like, I mean, I feel like, you were meant to be a part of my life too. Don't know how or why, but I mean, clearly you are now. Yeah. She's like, yeah, 
Anyway. <laughs> Our session's almost finished, yeah. <laughs> they, they always go over. Maybe oh, not every, anymore. Every time. But she's got to pick up her daughter. But Yeah. Like my therapy starts at two and sometimes we don't get off until like after five. Wow. I like a little bit this. Like I cannot say that. I love that. That's amazing. I uh, have never heard of such a thing. That's pretty cool. Right. It's great. She's All I do is like... Oh, you went three minutes over. Gotta go. <laughs> right now, my mom, my mom will be calling at like three thirty, and I'm like, Tech, "Sorry, still in therapy. Call you later." <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh, I do too. I love my therapist. I remember it's like several years ago now. It doesn't feel that long ago, but I had dinner with your mom, and we were talking about like when I had come out to you, and I like i don't know we hadn't really talked about the like church that you were in so i didn't like really think about it being because like the church you were in until like i talked to her about it um, yeah but that makes sense yeah she now, can but that. i yeah. never thought about it like that until i had that conversation with her yeah it's interesting because i was like preparing for this conversation just like thinking about it i was like you know my reaction to you like that's not tr that wouldn't be true to who i was at my core you know if if not for that journey down that that religious path where i outsourced my thinking to someone else and stopped thinking for myself if it had been up to me you know and i'm not saying like oh i have no responsibility you know but like but i made that choice that and and that began like when our friend died i know i know i turned a part of my brain off because like i know there are there are intelligent people who are believers absolutely of course but i the the part of my brain where i questions are good and doubt is allowed just like i just like put up a wall there and was like we can't look at that we can't look at anything that um is inconveniently does not align to this new worldview because now this worldview we're making it our whole identity this is it this is the thing and any doubt that came along during that time i would like oh you know go sit in the woods with my journal and pray pray about it and conveniently 20 minutes later i would always be like okay i found an answer it's okay it's okay so about 20 minutes of doubt i was comfortable with and it was like yeah okay yeah, yeah we got it you know so i wouldn't let myself think about like what i actually believed about anything i mean and of course religion and politics tend to align in our country as well so that was another wake-up moment for me in that whole thing was realizing that like my, my relatives who were more liberal than I was at that time uh, were good people who all had the same good intentions that I thought I had, you know? So it's just like, we, we do this weird thing. I don't know if it's uniquely American. I don't know. Cause I, I don't feel it the same way here. Um, but where it's like, okay, if I accept this, if I believe this one thing, I have to believe everything else that goes along with it, you know? Um, you can't be where you're like, okay, if I am going to be 
this, this, that's how it was for me anyway. I was like, if I'm going to be a Christian, then I also must be conservative. And I also must, you know, cry about my friend coming out. And also like all these things, like, because if I, if I would be pulling at that, a very loose thread, you know, and the whole thing might've unraveled. And I'd be like, oh no, now I can't be in part of this cult anymore. So that's an interesting thing. I guess that's, that's a warning that I have there is like, if you find yourself turning off a, a whole chunk of your brain, a whole lobe of your brain that you're like, nope, nope, can't look there. Um, and looking to someone else to, to know what's right. That's just never the answer. Cause you, you have the answers within you to everything. Every single question that you have, you have the, you hold the answer. Um, your brain can find it, you know, like your subconscious can unearth it or you know it deep down in the core of your being. So um, don't look to a pastor to tell you what you believe about something. It just dawned on me. It almost sounds like people who get trapped in these situations, and let's also make it clear, this is not every church, not every religion, nothing like that. But it almost sounds like the people that get trapped in those situations don't necessarily have the emotional or mental capacity to handle any anything outside of what they're being told, almost like a form of dissociation when you think. Yes. Yes. That's, um, yeah, that's like dissociating for sure. You know, it's so weird when I look back now at like that season of life and even the choices that I made in terms of where I went to school, what I studied, all that kind of stuff. Every, every aspect of my life, was shaped by the death of my friend everything so um every plan that was in place prior to her her death was completely different and like if she hadn't died i would have i would have been a different person i would have gone to a different university i would have studied something different than i did i would have gone down probably a much more academic route um that shook up my world so much that I just like everything changed you know every decision like I went to a school that was like uh, that was not where I would have expected someone like me to go to school I was um in this the top five in my class and then went to a school that I hadn't even applied to it I applied because I was like I think I need to go where my friends are going to be because I need a support system so I applied. The application was basically like, do you have a criminal history? No, you graduate high school. Great. Okay. Come on in. Um, it wasn't a complicated application process. And I went there and it was just lost and aimless and changed my major every year and like tried to figure out what to do with myself. Um, and basically like delayed my adulthood. So like, yes, dissociating because of how much that grief rocked me to my core, you know, and I think a lot of experiences that I didn't have until later in life, it was, it's all because of that. Like that is just like, the, it's, it's like the core wound, you know, that, that loss. That's so, a traumatic event. Yeah. A very traumatic event. You said you'd known her since y'all were four. Yeah. We met in kindergarten. Man, that's a traumatic event. So it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes sense how, how you ended up in that type of situation. And I feel like that's probably common for, for a lot of people who get sucked into that type of thing is 
a super traumatic event. Yeah. So since we have a guest, we decided we would have our guest do a pets or people this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see what comes out because I have a lot of pets. And as you <laughs> we've talked about before, it's like, of course, the choice immediately is the pet. Um, so it's a time when like a pet or person made my day. Yeah. And it could be something think, so simple. I mean, yes, because I could just say like every single day, I just appreciate the adorableness that is um, our cats. But I think I will tell you the very first day that we became like cat parents, because this was not the plan, um, but it did make my day for sure. Uh, I woke up, it was dark foggy morning and I heard like it sounded like a distressed meow outside I thought there was an injured cat I was immediately like oh no up and out and my husband and I went outside and we were searching for the source of the sound and we uncovered it very soon and it was a little kitten um, and she's still very little she we've had her for two years now and she's just little she's just like a, a purse a purse cat like I'm like, I should get a person where, except she's afraid of heights, so that probably wouldn't work. <laughs> she just was meowing, meowing, meowing. We think that she was probably like abandoned right there. That's probably what happened. She was just searching, searching, searching for something. And the fact that she immediately, like first she like climbed up on my husband's shoulder and was like, a, you know, he was a pirate and she was his parrot. But then she fell asleep on my lap and then she just never left, you know, and like, she, um, I thought for how intensely she was meowing at the beginning, I was like, we're never going to have a moment's peace again. We're never going to sleep. But as soon as she was settled, like she didn't come inside right away. As soon as she was settled right outside our door, not a peep. She was just like, oh, I found my people. I'm okay. Oh, that's so sweet. So, so cute and that was just like that was the beginning and that was when I was like okay well now we are committed to being here because we have been chosen we have a cat um, I mean if the day comes that we move back to the states we will be doing it with four cats and I have no idea how that works but uh, it's not up for debate oh that's so sweet y'all were her safe yeah Oh, that's such a good feeling too when you become anybody's safe, but especially when an animal just like immediately feels comfort and safe. Yeah, no, it's it's such an honor, and that's like, yeah, they've they've all been like, you know, animals choosing us, and um, that says a lot about character. And then because we live in a land that's just full of cats, like there's just cats everywhere. It's like they just can smell a sucker from a mile away. So every, oh <laughs> you know, and my husband and I are like, well, we don't have an orange one. We don't have an all black one. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Going from, okay, this is not exactly what we planned. So, ooh, we need one in all of the colors now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're I like, okay, well, we're full. We do, we're in a two bedroom apartment. So we're like, no, we're full. But, uh, you know, who knows what the future holds, so. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, we appreciate you sharing your pets or people. Yes, thank you. Come back next week for the final part in Casey's story. Thank you for listening to today's episode. 
We have a list of resources and hotlines for some of the topics we will touch upon in our podcast. If you have any you would like to share with us, ones that you have used yourself, or even ones that you just have knowledge of, let us know so we can get it added to our blog post on finallyoutwithfriends.com. We are also looking for submissions for pets or people, which can be made anonymously. We'd like just a little story of an animal or a person who made your day in some way. You can also submit that on our website under the link, Pets or People. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review our show on your preferred listening platform to get that podcast out to more people. But as always, no pressure. Here at Finally Out with Friends, we see you, we celebrate with you, and we love you. Take care of yourself, drink your water, and take your meds.